0: Hello everyone, so we're on to episode 5 of Doctor Who's 12 series. I think we're halfway there. Um, Liam, is there 10 or 11 episodes in this series?
1: Uh, there's 10, but apparently we might actually have... Uh, uh, I've heard rumours that there might be a Christmas special. Um, <laughs> <laughs> who knows? But yeah, there's, uh, there's definitely 10 in the series, so yep, halfway there.
0: Great, so let's talk about Fugitive of the Judoon. You're listening to Cloyster Bell, a weekly Doctor Who podcast, hosted by Liam and Rob. So here we are again. Hi Liam. Hi Rob. Um, I thought today would be just a bit of a quick chat about
1: uh, an average episode. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think so. I mean, I was looking forward to the Jadoon. Um, yeah. but even though there was the, uh, the, there was saying that um, no if, if you thought the master was uh, coming back was, it was a big uh, surprise then wait till this episode I went yeah but you sort of said that about Orphan 55 whatever um, yeah. so
0: yeah I was like oh ex- my god that really, that really feels like um, a filler episode back compared to this I think we're, we're back on the serialised drama now
1: oh yes um, I mean yeah they the, the weren't kidding when they said um, you're in for a surprise uh, there, there was uh, <laughs> they, yeah we were
0: yeah so uh, we'll just have to put it out there right now spoilers ahead
1: oh yes very much so we won't be holding if you back. haven't
0: seen Fugitive of the Dune just go away
1: <laughs> yeah but do come back after you've watched it and for the moment yes. go away but yeah because um, yes uh, we won't be holding back uh, spoilers from the off
0: So, we've had a few previous Jadoon stories, Mm -hmm. of course, that began with Smith & Jones, Um, back in 2007, I'm going to say.
1: Yes, I think so, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, They've appeared in Prisoner of the Jadoon, a very similar title. That was a two-part story of the Sarah Jane adventures. Right, okay. And in that story, um, I thought they'd made a bit of a mistake because, of course, in Smith & Jones... The Jadoon take the hospital off Earth onto the moon because they don't have jurisdiction on Earth. Mm-hmm. And then in Sarah Jane Ventures, uh, Mr. Jadoon is just on Earth um, chasing a prisoner down. Oh, okay. So I thought, I thought ooh, the, that doesn't quite add up there. I think we have missed, missed something there. Because um, he doesn't have jurisdiction. <laughs> huh. Do they break the rules or... Yeah. Depending on the um, severity of the case...
1: Yes, I think so. Yeah.
0: What other episodes have they appeared in? I know they've been in the Pandorica opens very, very briefly.
1: <laughs> yes, they were also in. Oh, I've forgotten the name of it. It's the. I think it was. Magician's
0: the, Apprentice. Are they? They're at um, the Shadow Proclamation.
1: Yes. Uh, yes. Because um, they're in the. Because they also appear in another David Tennant uh, story, it's the, the penultimate story of that season.
0: Oh, um, yes. Um, um, the yeah. Stolen Planets. That's no, it, yes. The Stolen Earth? Uh,
1: whatever it's called. Uh, you, yes, uh, th- that, that episode. <laughs> and we have the absolute wonder of David Tennant actually speaking Jadoon. <laughs> Photo, or whatever it is. We did have
0: a like on Twitter from one of the Jadoon operators, I noticed, the other week. Oh, did we?
1: Who? Yes, it was Richard Price. Oh right, okay, yeah, because I know he he's in this episode. Uh, that's that's pretty uh, that's pretty cool. Because Richard Price, I know he's pre- he's previously appeared in the series as an extra, uh, but he's also played a Cyberman and a sniper bot as well. But come to think of it, I should have probably reached out for a question, didn't I? Yeah, but uh, possibly. Yeah, but uh, well, mate, well, there's there's no stopping us. We could uh, could always ask him, ask him something now or.
0: Okay, I've, I've put um, which was your favourite monster you've played on Doctor Who? Just I send that? Oh yeah, good. Yeah. So before we move on, we'll get to the trivia question this week. Every week me and Liam ask each other a quick Doctor Who question and we try to get it right by the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've got a quick question. In Smith and Jones, Freeman made her debut as Martha Jones but she'd played Martha's cousin in Doomsday. What was her cousin's name?
1: Oh, bloody hell, man! <laughs> I don't know that! <laughs> oh, I'll see if I can pluck out some. Ra- <laughs> Do you remember that episode? your of- best. Yeah. Wrong answers Do you- only. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that episode of uh, Father Ted when um, uh, Mrs. Doyle has to guess the priest's name? No. Oh, okay because this random priest comes in uh, recognizes Ted or pretends to and he, he rather Ted's too embarrassed not to recognize her so it gets mrs. Doyle to guess the name so this whole thing of see if she can guess the name and she she does manage to do it after three hours um, so I, I might have to I might have to resort to that just see if I can pluck out the correct uh, correct answer in a three hours or something because I won't cheat I will not Google. Right. Well, I'm pleased because I'm pleased you asked me that question because I thought oh mine might be a bit tough. But, uh, so mine is which actor who appeared in the 2005 series of Doctor Who was a guest star was born in Gloucester.
0: Okay, I'm going to write something down now. All right, okay. It's a complete guess, but we'll see. You're
1: probably right. I have to I have to come up with some random person's name. Was it doomsday?
0: <laughs> right, okay, we'll see. <laughs> So stomping the way into present-day Gloucester, the Jadun are on a hunt for someone on the run. Who is this fugitive? Who is this fugitive? Ooh. And yeah. why are these alien mercenaries after them? Well, because they're getting paid. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that answers that question.
0: <laughs> Mystery solved. <Yeah. laughs> so this episode was written by Vinay Patel. Have I said that right? Yes, you have, yes. Who also wrote Demons of the Punjab. And also written by Chris Chibnall. Yeah, I wonder um, which part of it was wrote by Chris Chibnall, or what, if he only had partial input.
1: Yeah, I was wondering that when I uh, when watching the episode, especially with the way that certain things are revealed. Um, mm. I mean, it may have been a fifty-fifty a collaboration, or as close as. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously, Chris Chibnall would have had a, a, a you know uh, quite an input in it because there's uh, you know given what is revealed in this episode. Yeah. Uh, affects the the running of the
0: series. It's been directed by Nida Manto, who directed Nikola Tesla's Night of Terror last week.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah, that's right.
0: And it stars Joe Martin as the Doctor, and so on and so on. But of course, I've just named the new Doctor.
1: <laughs> yes, you have. <laughs> or, or have you? She's also known yeah. as Ruth Clayton for most of the episode. Ruth. Yes. <laughs> yeah and of course we have Nicholas Briggs who does the voice of the Jadoon yep and you know of how...
0: course we'll have John Barrowman playing Jack Harkness
1: yes <laughs>
0: you know what shocked me the most I've just climatized to his grey hair and now he's back to black
1: see I haven't seen what he's looked like in absolutely uh, in ages um, uh, you, do you not watch Dan's not nice uh, no, no, no I don't um, my loss I'm sure um so no, I um, said I had no. I just looked at it and went, "Oh, blimey, he hasn't really aged that that much." Um, but after the episode, I know that it, uh, the Radio Times um, published the fact that because um, the fact he was in Cardiff to throw people off the scent, he was basically making a whole thing about how he um, uh, was renovating one of his properties in Cardiff, and then this huge lie. Um, eventually turned into reality so he ended up did renovating one of his properties when he was out there uh, but he was doing all these fo- uh, selfies and photos of him like in shops and, and stuff like that and I saw him with the grey hair uh, there and I was like oh right okay but for some reason it's only that you mentioned it now I went Ah, oh, right of course d- uh, he would have dyed his hair I'll send you a quick screenshot <laughs> yeah his hair matches his jacket
0: <laughs> <laughs> both silver of course, we'll have Gat, played by Ritu Arya. Yep. Um, and Gat turns out to be Galifreyan.
1: Yes, uh, I didn't see that coming. That was uh, that was interesting. No. And we'll have um, Paul Casey playing the Judene Judoon captain.
0: Judene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Judene
1: people's friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Terry Jones has died. Oh. oh. Oh, I know, so I have found that out. Um, anyway, uh, Paul Casey, sorry, I just tossing over that. Uh, Paul Casey, yeah, so he plays the Judoon Captain. And he's been in the series since 2005. He's played pretty much uh, pretty much everything, really. He's been an Auton, a Slatheen, a Cyberleader, an Ood, a Zygon, just to name a few. Um, so, yeah. And uh, as I said before, Nicholas Briggs uh, did the voice of the Judoon. I'm not going to list what he's... Done previously in Doctor Who. It's been Go on, a kiss- give us a list. Oh, <laughs> I think it's just a kiss. Of, I think it be easier. Of what hasn't he done? Um, all years, Alan. He'll not be back. No, he didn't. What an odd character. <laughs> um, anyway, we'll we'll get on to that when we uh, when we review the episode. So onto the main review now.
0: As I mentioned before, the Judoon jurisdiction thing that's bothered me for for a few years this episode kind of glosses over that mm-hmm.
1: well I wouldn't say it glosses over it because it does um, it does um, it does provide an exp- uh, a bit of an explanation that the sort of um, the, the very <laughs> thorough in what they do they prevent mm-hmm. anyone you know they, they've cordoned off the entire planet they, they've tried to prevent anyone getting in and then on top of that the whole of Gloucester is just um, uh, completely isolated as well
0: Yeah. Half of Gloucester.
1: Yeah yes, half of Gloucester, sorry, yeah. Um so
0: we'll start off with this couple and it's Ruth's birthday. Hmm. Is could that be the doctor's birthday?
1: No. No. No no. I think um, because as we were Does that mean today's the doctor's birthday? It's the
0: (laughs) twenty sixth of January. (laughs) Could be a thing.
1: I think it's just Ruth's birthday. So, we're introduced to, as you say, we're introduced to this couple, and um, I mean, I, I liked how it was introduced, and then Ruth is uh, on her way to work, I wasn't, you know, and she's handing out leaflets. I thought, well, this is this is totally unrealistic, everyone's accepting them.
0: Yes, uh, and she's, she's so nice, she's so pleasant and cheery, she's, Yeah, I, I thought, I mean, she's, she's going to die. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you know, she's lovely, and you know, people like her, and it turns out she's um, a, a history guide. And she's standing outside Gloucester Cathedral and she's trying to, you know, get people interested. I did I did like this scene a lot. You know, she tells us about the history of, of the king and so on. I thought he was crowned when he was ten, not nine. Uh, but anyway... Uh,
0: the Doctor might know better, though.
1: Uh, <laughs> true. Um, and I did like that thing, you know, she's parting this impressive bit of history. It's just I'm not interested in, you know... Harry Potter was filmed there. Anyway, afterwards I did go on the Gloucester website... Um, um and yes, uh, Harry Potter was partially filmed in the in the cathedral. Oh. So it's true.
0: I loved the atmosphere on the Jadoon ship. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's quite cool. The lighting and all that seemed quite um it's quite sinister.
1: Yeah, it did. In fact I liked how uh, because although the June Jidoon, uh, arguably aren't one of the most um aren't Probably something that would automatically leap to most people's mind when they, you know think of a, a, a Doctor Who monster. It might be a, quite a bit further on down the list, but the, having said that, though, I do think they were quite memorable. So knowing that they were coming back, um, I was I was looking forward to it. I thought because um, the Jadun are I would say more fun than f- totally sinister, but I think this episode really uh, provided a balance. There's still that bit of humour. Uh, yes. Humor with them, but um, they were handled more seriously, and they do come across more more of a threat. And a big part of that was how they're introduced in this episode. And as you say, it's you know the lighting and the low angles and so on. It was really effective, and it did uh, it did look really good.
0: Yeah, I feel like everything that came before was always quite well lit. I mean, look at the the new look of the had These bright purple atmospheres on the ship and. Um, but yeah, this was um, really atmospheric, wasn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the practicalities of you know flying a spaceship with a lot of mood lighting is probably uh, yes. it's probably not very practical, but it looks great from our point of view. Yes. and uh, it um, it really established that you're doing quite well. So, um, so yeah, top marks for that.
0: So we will finally catch up back with the Doctan farm. fam. Um, she's still looking a bit blue, you know, um, and we will learn that she's been looking for the master and she's been visiting home frequently
1: uh yeah that um so yeah that was quite interesting uh and obviously the uh the rest of the TARDIS crew are quite concerned um but yeah it was interesting that she's been trying to look for the master but then it makes sense because he's the one who seems to have the answers that she's looking for but I Mm. thought it was interesting yeah she seems to be uh she's made frequent revisits to Gallifrey. um But again, it's it's probably as a means to you know to trying to find out as much as possible. Um, but that was um, that was nicely handled. Um, I thought it was it, again good writing, but really good performances uh, from everyone, particularly Jodie Whittaker, because yeah. you get a sense of how troubled um, the Doctor is about all this, which makes sense. And I mm-hmm. thought Jodie Whittaker, you know, uh, you know, sold that angst very well with her performance
0: and um even though she's telling the gang that um what she's been up to she still doesn't let on what um what she knows about Gallifrey that's no, been destroyed
1: no no that's true i mean she does pretty i mean she does pretty much say it's it's her business which yeah. i suppose it is but at the same time that's quite stinging to the uh, to her friends because mm-hmm. uh, they've been through an awful lot and you know, they you should be able to trust each other but um yeah, so there was an awful lot going on in that scene in terms of uh, the emo- uh, the emotions between the characters and the emotion of what the Doctor is going through and so on.
0: Mm-hmm. So we jump back to Gloucester and um, that old woman dies.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was... Um, uh, yeah, it was sort of... It was funny and tragic at the same time. Um, I mean, I li- she was a, a, a brief... Uh, she was in the, the, the episode quite briefly, but... Um, I I just liked her character because when when uh, Ruth appears to be talking to herself about you know how uh, a, you know when uh, someone says oh they'll think about going on the tour or not and she says no she won't think about it seemingly seemingly talking to herself and you've got this old woman knitting on the on the bench going no she won't so I liked that I thought that was you know, <laughs> that was quite funny I liked that moment and then later on you know it's uh, her knitting is destroyed because the Jadun yes. think the knitting needles are weapons but then they compensate her by giving her a what looked like a receipt or something. Mm-hmm. Um uh, but she's having none of it and unfortunately they kill her. So it was uh, it was again I think it was that that balance of of humor and and uh and ruthlessness that, that you Jadun have uh played uh, played really well in that scene.
0: Ruthlessness. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, indeed.
0: <laughs> of course um we're led to believe that Ruth's partner is the fugitive
1: yeah that was a really good sleight of hand
0: I did start to think is it that obvious but I thought of course it is you know the way he's asked the way he's acting and of Mm -hmm. course the um the Juju are targeting the flat
1: yep and uh, all everything seems to be pinpointing to him it's the fact you know um He's the one that hidden this uh, small casket, which Ruth has never seen before, mm-hmm. and her reaction seems completely believable. Um, um, I'd like, just like to mention
0: with this little case, hmm. I was actually expecting a Chameleon Arch for a watch to be inside. Oh, were you? Part of me was thinking maybe the master is hiding out.
1: Right, okay. Um... I did suspect the chameleon arch would be involved, but not this early on so you you I think you were quite um good to maybe cotton on to the fact that um maybe there was a time Lord hidden in plain sight. I thought that a little bit late i I thought that when um between the doctor and Ruth when they were having a conversation in um in the cathedral, that was when mm. I thought well, the only thing that makes sense is that maybe she's a time Lord. Uh, uh, right, and she's used the chameleon. Or, that's when I—that's when I was thinking about it.
0: At this point, I was thinking maybe she's an alien, but a sleeper agent, possibly. As right? Well. Okay. Uh huh. Um, or perhaps somehow he'd sent the text or something, and or at some point um, the fugitive was something that travelled from host to host. So he was the fugitive, then she
1: became the fug- fugitive. All oh, right, okay. Um, those are interesting ideas. I mean, not, none of those um, crossed my mind because I thought I, I was just pretty much taking it as read that mm. he was the fugitive and everything was pinpointing to him. Uh, but then, you know, when the Jadoons scan him and goes, "This, this is not who we're looking for," mm. um, it's just like, "Oh, okay." Is, is it because the the um, this biological cover that they have is that good and they're unable to scan? Um, but Gat makes uh, makes a comment of going, look, if that's not the person, do I have to spell it out to you? If it's not him, who's the only other person it could be? Mm. Uh, and then we cut to uh, Gloucester Cathedral where the Doctor and Ruth are. And then, you know, they're surrounded by the Jadun, And then seemingly out of nowhere, Ruth, uh, from, from the, the text that she received... She seems to know martial arts and uh, and be able to, to, to fight and um she's really quite brutal. I mean it shocked me when she ripped one of the horns off the Jadoon. Yeah. Um, but then she's confused about this ability that she has. It's sort of it's sort of a bit Jason Bourne at this moment. Um I, I, and I liked how I liked how the episode was progressing because now suddenly, you know, nothing is as it seems. Mm. Uh things do seem to be full of surprises and we, the audience, are sort of on the back foot and we're with the Doctor trying to make sense of everything. In the meantime, um, all the Doctor's uh, companions have been uh, teleported to this spaceship. Um, Captain Jack Harkness makes a return.
0: Yeah. Did you recognise his voice straight away?
1: No, I didn't. Did you? Yes. Right, okay.
0: And I thought I was imagining it. (laughs) I thought, it can't be...
1: No, um I c I I hadn't um I yeah, uh the voice didn't didn't register with me. Um so Right, okay, so you had clocked on so when he when he finally appeared on screen, what was your reaction?
0: Um Well i moments later I kinda I thought, Oh it's coming. But I really doubted myself, so it was quite a cool feeling seeing him. Hmm. Um yeah, a mixture of, like, excitement, disbelief. Um, I don't know why it's a strange thing to think you would be back, but you know when it's been so long mm-hmm. and you think this this character's just long gone from the show. There's been... um, We've been through Stephen Moffat's era, no sign of him. Yeah. Um, of course, he was in a Miracle Day in Moffat's era, but that was with Russell, Russell T. Davis. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought especially with Chibnall, he's drew more of a line between then and now.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, So I thought that the likelihood of uh, Jack coming back into the series was... Well, it never crossed my mind. Uh, I I knew that... um, Oh, for Pete's sake, I've forgotten the actor's name. John Barrowman. Jeez. Um, I knew that he was very keen to to come back and uh, play the part. Um... So, so, so the question was more to, wasn't from him. It was more to do with well, would the the current showrunner do that? And I don't think it seemed it didn't seem plausible. I mean, my reaction was, um, it wasn't overbridled excitement or shock. It, I don't know. It was a bit sort of surprisingly. It was a bit of a cool reaction from me. I mean, I was happy to see him. Mm. Um, uh, I thought it was great, and I think it's quite clear that he will come back later on the series Uh, even though
0: he said it might be a while
1: yes but the the impression i got it was more of a case of you know you know from our perspective it won't be until probably the series finale or something um or perhaps the series after yeah maybe um but whenever he does come back i am really looking forward to it I'm, i'm liking to see how um he he reacts to Jodie Whittaker's doctor. I think that's going to yeah. be quite interesting. Um, so I was happy to see him, but at the same time, I wasn't. Um, I wasn't sort of. Um, yeah, it was a bit of a cool reaction. I, I was. I think it was more of a case of, oh, Captain Jack's back. That's quite good. Let's see how this plays out. Um,
0: do you think they won't touch upon any loose plot threads from Captain Jack's history?
1: How do you mean? Well,
0: well, let's start at the beginning. We have from the Empty Child story, um, written by Stephen Moffat. Mm-hmm. Of course, um, Jack has this backstory where he was a time agent, but he had his memory wiped because he don't know what he's done. Um, when Russell T. Davis pulls the character forward with um, Doctor Who and Torchwood, after that, that isn't explored. So I thought, oh, maybe it's something Moffat will explore when he's showrunner. Um, but that was left unanswered. Of course, now, since the beginning of Torchwood, um, we have the finale of that, which is Miracle Day. Mm-hmm. Un- unanswered questions there. We've got the ongoing adventures of Torchwood with Big Finish. Yeah. Will they acknowledge the more recent stuff? Hmm. There's a lot they could pick from, reference and answer possibly, but um, maybe they won't.
1: True. At the same time, though, so the, there's there's possibilities in narrative, but at the same time, if they were to fully explore those, I think maybe the series would get too bogged down in continuity. I think if there's if anything is likely to be picked up on or mentioned, uh, I think it'd be more to do with the fact that uh, Torchwood. Uh, has ceased to exist because uh, that was mentioned as mm. recently as uh, episode uh, part one of Spyfall uh, where Stephen yes. Fry's character uh, mentions it's not just Unit it's Torchwood uh, has been disbanded yes. um, so that's more likely to, to get a comment I would suspect than perhaps anything else yes Big Finish did
0: comment on that someone said oh Torchwood is gone and Big Finish re- re- replied saying, well, not where we're standing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like that. You know, that's a good response. Um, I, I, I do want to uh, listen to the, the Big Finish Torchwood Wood adventures. Um, I think they'd be rather good. Um, but, uh, but, I mean, to, uh, Big Finish has done an awful lot of, of good work with regards to Doctor Who. Um, and you don't want it to be completely ignored. But at the same time, the makers of the tv s- series aren't um obligated to, to to follow that continuity um we'll just have to wait and see really
0: i think it's like other franchises if you look at um star trek for example mm-hmm. um novels are specifically non canon
1: mm-hmm.
0: um just so the writers didn't have to um take everything on board you know <laughs> and not um make any continuity errors Yes, yeah, but, yeah. Um, so yes, you can't expect um, the Doctor Who showrunner to be aware of all the um, all the audios, but you should, shouldn't you? Moffat would have.
1: Yes, but uh, that's true. But having said that, though, it's. Um... One thing that you and I both commented on is that the Stephen Moffat era did tend to get a bit too bogged down in, in continuity, which did become a bit of a problem. It works very well in the sense that when um, when you have the Eighth Doctor, Paul McGann's Doctor, mm. um, come in, uh, because all what we've had is the TV movie, uh, the BBC novels, and the Big Finish, um, it was quite nice that he... You know, Steve, uh, Stephen Moffat acknowledged Big Finish in um, The Night of the Doctor. I mean, Paul McGann in general anyway is a very good actor. I've seen him in a few things. He you know, always gives a brilliant performance. Uh, and so in that respect, in terms of Doctor Who, it's a bit of a shame that we haven't had much of him uh, visually uh, mm. in, t- in terms of television. Obviously, we've got his performances in Big Finish, uh, which is great. Um, it would be quite nice to... Um, to see him return in the TV series. So yes, it, it, when he did come back for that short Night of the Doctor, yeah, I think uh, it's for that reason it it, had, it did have more of an impact. Um, with Captain Jack's return here, it, I mean, uh, I think it worked. It was interesting, but he... It was, it was a bit funny because... Um, I don't know whether you think the same, but I felt that the, the scenes with him in didn't fully gel with the episode... I mean, not to not to a huge extent, but it felt more. Um, I don't want to say incongruous, but it was a bit. Um, it stood out a bit, and yes. I think it, I think the reason being was because it was it was there clearly to establish um, the threat that is, but you know that that is probably good, that's going to build up in the rest of the series, and that focus on the Cybermen because. One we know the Cybermen are coming back uh, because that was in the series uh, trailer, and one thing that has been said—I think it may be in Chris, Chris Chibnall—I'm not sure where the quote came from, but it was part of the uh, part of the, uh, the promotional material, which is that the Cybermen are supposed to you know, are meant to be very ruthless when they come back. Ruthless? Oh, <laughs> that was unintentional. Um, they're meant to be a. Uh, there meant to be quite a significant threat and very dark uh, than, than, mm. than has been <laughs> yeah. than, uh, seen before.
0: It was frustrating that Jack had a lot of time to give half a cryptic message to them.
1: <laughs> yeah, I did know. Because funny enough, when I was watching that, I was going to say, right, when's the Because I was expecting him. I mean, he lingered on a lot longer than I thought. But I was saying, right, pass this message on to the doctor. I went, right, when's the moment when he's when he's... In a when he's incapable of completing the uh, uh, the message, uh, he actually he <laughs> managed to, to convey quite a bit of it actually, actually which which yes. was uh, which,
0: and it didn't really make sense. It wasn't him, it wasn't it wasn't enough information. <laughs> it's like he knows the whole story, yeah. but he's going to give a brief um a brief yeah. warning. Um,
1: so before we get on with the rest of uh, future to the Jadoon. so what uh, he says here is that there is a lone cyberman. Uh, who is uh, very dangerous and under no accounts are you to give him what he wants now, do you think uh, whatever this is is going to result in one of the companions leaving the show
0: Um, possibly getting converted so it depends on the definition of a lone Cyberman, does it mean um, someone who is consciously themselves?
1: Mm. Yeah. Or not. Um, mm. One. Th- uh, I, one of the uh, the Doctor Who comics uh, I was always interested in was there was this. Um, oh, I've forgotten the name of name of him now, but uh, this was, I think this was from Doctor Who magazine in, in the eighties. So we're going quite a way back. But they had this um, this comic strip of a lone Cyberman, but he had his emotions and he was a good Cyberman. Uh, which I thought was that's quite a, an interesting uh, take on it, and it was always one of those things. Of, it'd be quite nice if if the TV series did that. Obviously, they're not doing it in in the sense that he is a he's a good Cyberman. Maybe he's a lone Cyberman who does have his emotions, and because of that, he is uh, very ruthless. I don't know, uh, but there's there's something tantalising there. Um, but the the feeling that I'm getting is that it's going to um, affect the TARDIS crew in quite a big way. But we'll see. So, despite the fact that uh, Captain Jack has returned and all that stuff that he discusses with the Cybermen, uh, which is obviously building up to what's going to occur later on in the series, that that is not the big reveal or the big surprise of the episode, really, is it?
0: No. Who would have guessed it? <laughs> no. Um. So, I thought for sure we were going to have a master reveal at some point. Especially um, at the lighthouse when she broke the glass.
1: I didn't think it was going to be the master. Uh, I think at that point, um, because what you said before, but I said I was starting to think, uh, think along those lines when they were in the cathedral. But at this point we had both thought, right, the chameleon arch is going to um, make an appearance at this point. So Ruth, whoever she is, is going to be revealed to be a time lord. Um, the fact that she's revealed to be the Doctor, I didn't see coming at all. I didn't think anyone would have saw that coming. I think I was going, um, is she the Rani? I mean, she's called Ruth and she's got a, a, a an R necklace on. Is it going to be, you know, um, so I was thinking maybe it's the Rani. I pretty much put that out of my mind as soon as she picked the gun up. And I went, well, no, it's not the Rani. Um, and at the, so... She's broken the glass. She's getting all this Time Lord energy. The Doctor's outside digging. So it's like, right, she, whoever Ruth is, she is who she is now. I didn't expect the uh, the Doctor to be... To, what she's been digging is actually because uh, it turns out that the TARDIS, the Doctor's TARDIS, the police box, is buried in the ground. Yeah. So, and at this part, I'm going, what the hell is going on? I
0: just assumed that that's the TARDIS from later on in the series, possibly. That gets yeah. buried. But, but um, of course, that wasn't the no, case. No, no. But
1: because uh, right now I'm going right. Okay, this is this is getting really interesting. And then they enter the TARDIS, and Ruth is the Doctor. Hmm. I thought this is um, right. Okay, okay. Um, but it's like I think. Um, I mean, what was your reaction to that? What were your thoughts?
0: I kind of took it on board. Um, but yes, it doesn't make sense. Of course, she must obviously be an alternative Doctor. Jack did mention that someone had went back in time and changed
1: something yes he did
0: Uh, yeah so um, perhaps not the entire continuity of the universe has been changed but Mm -hmm. or maybe it's gradually changing
1: hmm yeah I mean because we've got that so we've got what Captain Jack said there we've got that thing that the master said uh, at the end of part one of Spyfall which is um, everything you think you know is a lie, or words to that effect. Um, Yes. So, I mean, because my initial thought was, right, okay, this is really interesting. Is it just going to be as simple as the fact that she is a Doctor from a parallel universe? That's something that Big Finish does. With the Unbound series? Yes, and it's doing it
0: now, with um, continuing with David Warner as um, the Unbound Doctor.
1: Ah, okay, that's interesting. Um... I mean, that is a, an interesting idea worth exploring, and I know that Big Finish have been doing it for quite a while. But that that was explicitly
0: set in another universe, though.
1: Yes. Um, so I'm actually quite pleased that this episode sort of really dispels that notion, because there's a part of me that thinks, well, in I think that would have been quite lazy. I think the show could be, do something a bit more uh, imaginative, and it does seem to be going down that route. Uh, yeah. Uh, and it's interesting that you know th- there is something Ruth's doctor clearly is very doctorish but she's a bit more um, you know she can handle herself well in a combat situation um but at the same time you know she's not very keen on using a gun as as we've you know as is established because uh, yes. our doctor Jodie's doctor if if I can phrase it like that you know she's going you know, the doctor doesn't use guns she's going will you shut up I'm, you know it's sort of like she you knows she's bluffing um uh, but at the same time it's very interesting because she she tampered the gun so that cuz she gives it she effectively gives it to Gat knowing that Gat will use the gun but it's she sabotaged it so it recoils and it will kill Gat and th- it's interesting that Gat was a time lord um hmm. i mean does that mean she's going to regenerate or was she at the you know or was she incapable cuz she's at end of a life cycle um that possibly, you know, that that wasn't really touched upon. Um, no. But GAT, w- but again, what's really interesting is GAT was completely unaware of the destruction of Gallifrey. Now I don't know whether I'm reading this right. Is she also unaware of the Time War?
0: Possibly because um, Jodie said that she'd lost Gallifrey twice.
1: Yes. I was I was wondering whether she was going to tell um, Graham Ryan and Yaz. You Know the full story whether Ruth was her or not, um, but she does. She explains. I'm glad she did. I thought she wasn't going yeah, to, yeah. I, I thought she she wasn't going to either, but I'm pleased she did. Um, and that was quite a nice scene. You know, you, you've got them sort of rallying around and going, Look, yeah, regardless of who this Ruth person is and what this means, at the moment, you are who you are. You know, you're so- hey,
0: so, some of that cheese must have rubbed off on Ryan. <laughs>
1: Yeah, true. But at the same time, I did like that scene. You know, sort of all rallying around and building her up and saying, "Look, we're all mates But I mean, it, it was a bit cheesy. God, we're well, more than that. We're family. But it worked. It was it was good cheese. Um, <laughs> and but uh, in that in that moment, you know, the doctor's saying that time's in flux around her, and something big's that's on his way, and she feels it. So yeah, there's um, this is all really rather interesting. It's sort of you know, is is Ruth's doctor? Um, is she another version of of Jodie's doctor because of some change in the past? Is she a doctor that predates William Hartnell, which is a possibility? I'm not sure whether people will be keen on that idea or not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure where. No. I'm not sure where I uh, sit on that. Um, but at the moment, as it currently stands with all this mystery and everything I, I, I mean i'm really engaged with it i loved how things were um how things were unfolded and all these questions and mysteries it was uh, I mean, there was a lot of surprises
0: i don't think the idea of being a, a pre hartnell doctor would kind of would kind of stick because all these hallmarks of the doctor um gradually came along um as the character grew mm-hmm. um, so to say he was also the Doctor before this with a TARDIS Mm -hmm. with the same kind of um, fundamentals. Mm -hmm. It doesn't quite gel, does it?
1: No, no, it doesn't. Um, So that's the idea. I I mean, it would depend on how it's explained and how it's revealed, but I don't think I would be particularly keen on that idea, but we'll just have to wait and see. It's all in the hands of Chris Chibnall. Um, But he's raised... He's raised a... um, A lot of expectations and a lot of interesting questions in this episode. Mm. If she is an
0: alternative past Doctor, because if if history changed, all of the Doctors could have changed. So more Doctors might yet show up. Yes, that's true. We might get lots of alternatives. Yeah,
1: so if Ruth's Doctor is an alternative, if she's not an alternative to Jodie, but she's an alternative to another Doctor, which Doctor do you think? She's got a mix-up of colours.
0: Yeah, I think... She's got, like, a, an orange and a purple sleeve on a shirt. She could be Colin. But you know what? I'd love to have an alternate Colin played by Colin Baker. That would be so cool. Yeah,
1: it would. No, funny enough, I think we're on the same wavelength. Because, like, well, maybe she's something of like another sixth Doctor. Um, yeah. It's just because... I loved that... Because, again, that scene when they both realise that they are indeed the same person. I did love... Because one of the great things about um, Doctor Who, when they do multi-doctors, meeting each mm-hmm. other... You know when they diss each other a bit, it doesn't. It, you know, which was established way back with the three doctors. It's you know, uh, I think any other show would have them all getting on and being nicey nicey, but no. I quite like the fact that they diss each other, and, and the thing you know she's you know she's dissing what Jodie's doctor's wearing. you know, going the rainbow and and the uh, the trousers that don't <laughs> that sort of took it <laughs> all the way, and then Jodie's doctor's mocking uh, Ruth's doctor for. Um, I say Ruth's Doctor, I should call her Joe's Doctor because I'm referring yeah. to the actor, uh, the actor, the so Joe Martin's Doctor. And, um, you know, on that, on that very uh, loud shirt. I liked that, I thought that was quite good.
0: Oh, something Jack mentioned. He mentioned the Alliance. Mm-hmm. Uh, this could obviously mean anything. The only hint of an Alliance that's been on screen would have been the one mentioned in the Pandorica Opens
1: yeah that's true um,
0: obviously I don't think there's a connection here no, no, I don't, but I'm I don't just know thinking either. is there a connection to anything else that that you'd kind of thought of
1: none that springs to mind I mean at this moment I'm sort of open to any possibilities because um, I mean it's interesting what Chris Chibnall is, is doing uh, with the series um, because he, he I think to, to everyone's surprise he's bringing uh, within Within only a handful of episodes, he's... You know, he's brought back quite a bit. You know, he's brought back the Master, which took everyone by surprise. A pleasant surprise. He's brought back Captain Jack. Um, He's... He's doing interesting... Seemingly interesting things with the whole thing to do with Gallifrey... And adding mystery there. Um, We've got the Cyberman coming back, as we know. He's brought back the Jadoon in this episode. Um, So he's bringing an awful lot back. So... I just want to ask you something, because... uh, yeah. You know, um, so I was really excited with this episode um, but do you think uh, I mean, I'm going to ask some of my friends to see, who aren't Doctor Who fans to see if, if, if they've happened to watch this episode or not um, do you think um, regular fans would have enjoyed the episode in any way or do you think um, I mean I think you know what I'm trying to get at I don't think anyone
0: will have a problem with it mm. I think modern audiences well I suppose As people in general, we do um, we do like complex stories. Mm -hmm. Um, this story it has a lot of depth, but it's not overly complex. Everything's kind of explained.
1: Yes, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Because I thought that because Um, sometimes it's a bit difficult, you know, when you're a fan of something and trying to be on the outside looking in. Because I think you know maybe we can sometimes take things for granted. I mean, I thought what what you've just said, but um, no, no, I just wanted to see your take on it. I mean, because I think there's a you know, you, I don't think you have to be a, a fan to go, you know, t- to be gripped or potentially be gripped by the idea that oh, there's these two doctors, what you know, and they're both confused by that.
0: And obviously, we've said that before that Moffat used to do that a lot, it would get bogged down in, in being very reference heavy, mm-hmm. yeah. And it could probably um, affect um, how accessible the show is to even to people who have been who've grown up on the show since 2005, yeah, very loyal fans. They haven't seen everything that came before it. You know, they weren't alive or whatever. And you can't expect everyone to go out and buy dozens of DVDs, hundreds of DVDs, just to understand um, a show that's on BBC One. Yes, yeah. Um, So obviously that was a bit detrimental for the Moffat era, possibly. Mm -hmm. When there was a reference in the Moffat era, it didn't feel like a payoff. I feel Russell T. Davis held back on a few things when David Tennant said the word Gallifrey. That felt like impact,
1: almost. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I agree Um, agree with that. Uh
0: But then you've got Peter Capaldi's Doctor referencing everything obscure, (laughs) and we might pick up on a few things, and... We just don't feel anything. We're like, oh, we got that reference. <laughs> but
1: <laughs> yeah, get us. Uh, yes, it. yeah, yeah. Um, so I think uh, I think the way that Chris Chibnall. I mean, because I think uh, most general view, you know, people who aren't fans of, of the show know the Doctor as a Time Lord, regenerates. I mean, that a show going on for this long, uh, there are things that you know seep into the general consciousness. I mean, because when we got into Doctor Who many 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 moons ago it wasn't being made uh we were really the only people at school watching it and yet everyone knew what a dalek was and people knew what the tARDIS was and so yeah you've got this thing where the, the doctors from gallifrey there's a mystery surrounding gallifrey i think general you know most general viewers uh would you know get the connection
0: um, now that gallifrey's gone if or when gallifrey returns would you welcome an alternative gallifrey in its place?
1: Um, possibly. I mean, I think that the show always works best when Gallifrey is kept a mystery and we don't see mm. it an awful lot. Um, yeah,
0: it's like, it's Doctor Who but we know where he went to school we know who his mates were.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, so, I mean, one of the things that I find interesting, I, I mean, I want, I would expect some something to be resolved with this uh, with what Chris Drupal was doing but at the same time one of the things I'm excited about is he seems to be bringing in this element of mystery about, if not the Doctor themselves directly, um, then the whole origins of Time Lord, Species and and Gallifrey. Because, yeah, as you've pointed out, the whole show is called Doctor Who. But, uh, yeah, yeah, we pretty much know an awful lot uh, about (laughs) the Doctor, considering that it is supposed to be a bit of a mystery. I mean, at this moment... Because, you know, there's a whole thing of, you know, well, it's, it, the Doctor's called the Doctor, the Master's called the Master. I think, um, you know, so they both know each other's real names, then, if they went, if they both went to school together.
0: Although, um, Um, Russell T. Davis and Stephen Moffat have both kind of agreed that the Doctor's name is who.
1: (laughs) That's got to be a joke, surely. Yeah. Um... So, so what's the master's? Name? What's the master's name? You know, because they, they've both kept that secret, despite being enemies, mm. but also friendly. You know, friends. What's the,
0: what's the master's name? Oh, okay. that's what you just said. What, who and what?
1: So it's Doctor Who and Master. Who's he, what? What's
0: the master's name? Yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, that's that mystery sorted. Okay. Maybe you should have a, a, a spin-off series, Master What? Oh, um, with Jack and the Nanites. Hmm. Um,
0: was that a reference to um, the Empty Child, the Doctor Dances? Oh, it probably was, and that completely passed me by. Um, because he was on the Tula the ambulance, yes, which was Jack's ship, and then there's this famous scene at the end where Christopher Eggleston's doctor uses the nanites to heal everyone. Yes. And you and have this ray of yellow kind of beams. Yeah, and everyone and, lives. Yeah. And vi- visually, that was the same thing here.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, again, you're much more on the book Because, yeah, when he said that, I went, what, that, what's that a reference to? I still don't understand what was happening, though. Oh, it was something to do with the, the security settings uh, coming in, I think, the nanobots were sort of, like, eating him or something. But he'll be back, because he, he's eternal. Oh, so they
0: weren't trying to heal him. Got you. But it was a reference to the um, Doctor Dances, probably.
1: Yes, I think so, yeah, yeah. Now that you mentioned it, yes, I think so.
0: And the episode ends on a, a new crisis. Um, I wasn't sure if it was just going to be an off-screen adventure, but um, as we know from the trailer, it's definitely leading into next week.
1: Yeah, and this uh, looks like it's going to be another big uh, epic adventure, because um, whatever the threat is, it's on, it's, in, it's on three continents, isn't it, apparently? Apparently. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it be interesting to see how, how that plays out. Oh, one thing I do want to uh, mention about uh, Fugitive of the Jadoon, which I was really pleased... Because finally we got a uh, reference and use of the fact that Yaz is a policewoman. Oh uh, yes. So because f- I think a lot of people have said right, this is the thing about her. It's 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 never really been referenced or used. We've uh, reviewed previous episodes where I think even you pointed out going, look, the fact that she is a policewoman should be mentioned and would be of use in that particular situation. But finally, it it, it got mentioned and used here, which I uh, I just thought. Um, was worth pointing
0: out now she's served her purpose maybe she'll get cyber converted (laughs) it's done with her now
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's over what I did now Yaz's uh yeah characterization is complete she she can go she's surplus to to requirements yeah yeah
0: Yeah. oh I love that um scene where the doctor said woman to woman
1: (laughs) the yeah yeah I thought I thought that was quite nice and um yes I like that as well So would you like to see Ruth back
0: or another alternative?
1: I can not have both. I think it would be interesting to see if if there are other any alternatives. Um, But then maybe that might bog the show down a bit with it. But but at the same time, it is quite a nice idea. Um, But yeah, I would definitely like to see um, Joe Martin come back. Uh, Because I liked her performance of the Doctor. It would be interesting to see. Yeah, I hope she comes back. I mean, I'd be very surprised if she doesn't. Could she be the timeless child? Well, before it was revealed that... Because um, before they even headed off to um, the lighthouse, uh, which was apparently where she was supposed to grow up as Ruth. Um, mm-hmm. But actually, it's established that's part of the chameleon arc. The way that that flashback, you know, when she's remembering the um, uh, the lighthouse... That sort of yeah. reminded me of that bit in Spy, uh, Spyfall when the Doctor has that memory of Gallifrey and something to do with a timeless child. And the Master, you know, the, the way that it was shot and the, the, the use of colours and so on, it looked quite similar, didn't it? Um, so th- at that point, it crossed my mind of maybe she has something to do with a timeless child. What I'm thinking is um, something about her existence has something to do with the timeless child, but uh, indirectly, not directly.
0: Yeah, so I wonder if this will all get resolved, if it's just a bit of a blip, like a a bit of a tangent kind of universe. Mm. Lastly, if we could have one classic Doctor back as an alternative version of themselves, who would you have?
1: Hmm, um... That's a good question. Uh, I'm just trying to think. I know you said Colin Baker earlier. Um... That'd be sort of interesting because he would have played Commander Maxwell the sixth doctor and then an alternative of that um well oh. there's possibilities Michael jaston i mean because arguably the you know the Valiard's a version of the doctor it'd be i mean because oh, yes michael jaston is a is is a great is he's a fantastic actor and it'd be nice to get him back and imagine if he was actually playing a you know a version of the doctor but a good version be...
0: or the Valiard is from this chain of events. The actual valleyard? Yes, possibly.
1: Yeah, maybe. Because it's not as if the, the new series hasn't mentioned the Valiard. Um The name has been dropped now and again. Um, so yeah, uh, it'd be. I'd quite like Michael Jason to come back. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, I doubt he would ever come back. I think this is more sort of like dream casting. But Christopher Eccleston?
0: Yes, possibly not. Possibly one day.
1: How about you? I'd
0: probably have to. I'm torn between McCoy and Baker, Colin Baker. Mm. I feel like we've already had Tom Baker. Uh, we've already had another version of him, rather.
1: Oh, yes, we have, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think I, I really want um, Colin Baker or Sylvester McCoy to have a go, because everyone else has, haven't
1: they? Yeah, pretty... Yes, I think you're right, pretty much. Um,
0: so Peter Davis and Tom Baker and Paul McGann have Yes, all been back.
1: Yeah, now. actually, when you put it like that, I think it would be... Uh, yeah, um... Yeah, it would be quite nice if Colin Baker or Sylvester McCoy came back uh, and, and, and do something interesting. Um, I mean, unfortunately, I don't think it's it's very likely, but I think it would be quite nice. Um, I mean, because one, they're good actors. Uh, and to get them acknowledged, I mean, particularly because you know, Colin Baker uh, is a good actor, as I've said, played the part very well and continues to play the part uh, very well with Big Finish. Yeah. But uh, but given how he was tret. Uh, he still you know th- the fact that he got uh, unfairly fired from the role because of Michael Bloody Grade <laughs> um, mm. uh, he still remains a-, a fantastic ambassador for the show so with all due respect to Sylvester McCoy out of those two I think probably more Colin Baker I think I would quite like Colin yeah.
0: Baker and I know um, the show presents lots of possibilities mm-hmm. for them to come back Um But this episode shows that it could be part of a very entertaining kind of story arc, couldn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. They don't have to be woven into a single episode, and then they're gone, like a a passing visit.
1: Yeah, that's true. Uh, We could have, I mean, depends on what Chris Chris Chibnall has already decided. Um, But yeah, it would be quite nice if Joe Martin, you know, popped up now and again.
0: I always thought it would be a nice idea to have... um, Captain Jack is a, is a bit of a mysterious villain as well. Like a a much older Jack.
1: Yeah, I had this I, I don't know why I'm mentioning it. It just feels it just feels at sort of the right moment. I had uh, a couple of years back I had this idea that if um I thought it would be quite good. Say you've got um a doctor um and they're in their final series and they have a companion and that that final series what ends up happening is um we're introduced to a new companion. Um and, you know, they seem to have a bit of amnesia or, you know, um, the slowly remembering events. Um, but the, there's a bit of a mystery with that character. Um, and, you know, they seem to be helpful, but then they back off every now and again. And it's a bit, you know, we don't know where their loyalties lie. They seem to be back quite good, but we're not entirely sure. And then what would happen is you would have this uh, the series finale where uh, the Doctor is against three masters. I don't know why I thought three, but I just thought it would be neat. (laughs) Uh, So they're against three masters, and uh, it all builds up, uh, and then this this mysterious uh, companion that was introduced then suddenly decides that they have to be off. I said, well, where are you going? He went, look, everything's going to be fine, but I can't help. And then he he goes and does one. And then what ends up happening is then the doctor then regenerates and they regenerate into that mysterious person so that mysterious companion was actually the doctor all along uh, okay and then you would then do a series where uh, the next series, which is with this new doctor, then at the end it would loop back round to the series prior and then they
0: could save money and run the same series twice <laughs> or run it every year) <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, you wouldn't do that. But yeah, uh, and the idea was then it would loop back to that previous series. And then so in that final episode, when that Doctor naps off, you then pick up the second series from that point onwards. Hmm. yeah. That just seems to be just complicated. It was just an idea that I had. Just thought, yeah. thought I'd mention it.
0: It sounds very Moffat. Something that would um, would happen in like five minutes of narrative. <laughs> The way he does things. Yeah.
1: It well, actually, I did have one idea uh, prior to it appearing in the series, which eventually happened, but it's nothing major. I just thought, because you know how regeneration appears in the show and uh, mm. now in the new series, it's also that um, you know it has that standard thing of um, that ball of energy. I just thought it'd be really good of going well if they shook it up a bit and it just sort of like bam and it happens. Uh, and then they did that with Matt Smith to they Peter did Copaldia.
0: that. Yeah. Did a bit of both. They had the the massive. The massive regeneration of the clock tower.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah.
0: And, and then the, the flash change, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're right. It doesn't... Um, It's all been the same, hasn't it, though? Apart from that.
1: Yes, I think it Yeah, In the, yeah. New,
0: the, in the new era. And, um, we've had so many different styles in the past.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I could see why you would have a standard thing. And it sort of works. So, you know, when you had the Impossible Astronaut and you've got that girl mm. who then just regenerates at the end because you've got that standard image you the audience know what's happening and she's just going what the hell's going on you've got a little girl in the middle of New York I think it was or wherever suddenly regenerating um, yes. but at the same time what I did prefer in the classic series of Doctor Who was that because they're all different you know you don't know, you know not only is a big thing in the show that the Doctor's changing but the fact that it, it's visually very different as well um, yeah, adds adds to the excitement. But anyway.
0: So over to Twitter. Uh, started a poll earlier today. Which is your favourite Jadoon story out of Smith and Jones and Prisoner of the Jadun mm-hmm. from the Terry Jane Ventures? And it was a, a split vote, 53% in favour of Smith and Jones.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, right, okay, that's quite good. I can't really yeah. comment on Prisoner of the Jadoon because uh, I haven't seen that, but um, Smith & Jones, because when the show came back in 2005, I was a bit um, sniffy about it, if, if I'm honest. I think I mentioned this prior. It took me a little while for, for the new series to click. I mean, there was episodes that I enjoyed, but it was when it was... I remember watching Smith and & Jones and something clicked uh, I don't know what it was, uh, and then suddenly I, I got new Doctor Who. I don't know; it's a bit difficult to explain. I don't know why I didn't get it. Like
0: the point. energy of it, or something. Yeah,
1: there was just something about that episode that um, something just clicked, and I, you know, I really liked it and appreciated the, the show. But yeah, so I always remember Smith and Jones was really the first. You know, from that point on, I was able to enjoy the show without being overly critical, and maybe I just matured. I don't know, but. Um, Uh, But I always remember enjoying that episode. In fact, because one of the things, you know, the the whole thing about, you know, Jadoon on the moon. Fugitive of the Jadoon, I did like, you know, that it referenced that. And then the whole Jadoon next to a lagoon.
0: (laughs) (laughs) She was trying her best. Yeah,
1: (laughs) I like that. That made me chuckle.
0: We did ask, what did you think of Doctor Who, Fugitive of the Mm Jadoon? Rob Keeley said, see my tweet of 30 minutes ago that was two hours ago so two hours and thirty minutes ago
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh found it uh yes what he said was uh, I, uh by the looks of it I don't think he was quite keen on the episode he went no sorry didn't uh, go for that felt I'd seen it all before Smith and Jones Utopia The Empty Child Unseen Doctor plus Nastia Jadun, and worst of all nothing resolved properly Chibnall's gone down the fan fiction route earlier than RTD or Moffat uh I can see his point with regards to you know the whole thing to do with um you know, the fan route to do with Gallifrey and we're having another Doctor and, uh, and all the rest of it. But, um, I mean, I, I quite enjoyed it. I thought it was a good episode. I
0: thought it, quite, it felt quite fresh. Yes, yeah, yeah. And um, mystery is what you need to kind of um, get you um, hooked on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rihanna Loves the Doctor said, My body is rushing with adrenaline. Haven't done that over a TV show in a while. That's good. Jodie is an amazing actress and that ep- it was perfect love all the theories too can't wait to see what Chibnall does next so let's hope he does keep the mystery going uh
1: yes um but yeah I agree with that because I you know as they because I enjoyed the episode from the beginning but as you know things were were building up and revealed I was sort of sitting on the edge of my seat it was it was really good and yeah there's a lot of a lot of people are engaging with the episode you know trying to establish theories I actually think um that that idea that um Joe Martin's Doctor is pre-Hartnell doesn't make sense because her TARDIS is a police box and that got locked in an Earthy child. So that wouldn't make sense. But um, I'm just thinking out loud. Um, but yeah, I love all the theories too. Can't wait to see what she does next. Yep, totally agree with that. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to, I mean, one, the next episode in general because it, it seems really uh, interesting, but it's, it's going to be interesting to see what he's done with this whole thing to do with Gallifrey and uh, mm. Joe Martin's Doctor and so on. So yeah, I agree with. I it. wonder
0: if there'll be more um, continuity next week with this episode. Um, maybe the trailer doesn't allude to much, but maybe it is more of a two-parter. You never know. Yeah,
1: true. Maybe.
0: Christopher Brett Hall said, "I've been watching the show for nearly thirty years. I've seen every surviving classic era story at least three times, and the modern ones at least twice." And I have no idea what's going on.
1: I'm both excited and terrified. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. So he's established his uh, fan credentials there, without a doubt. Yeah. I think. Um, yeah. It's. Uh, it is very exciting, but then it's terrifying as well. You just. You just hope that Chris Chibnall, you know, doesn't drop the ball on it. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't think he will. I think. Um, yeah. I think everything. The signs so far are indicating that you know this is going to be quite good, whatever it is. But yeah,
0: I think it's good that we don't know what's going on because the general public must think we're all a bunch of um, know-it-all smart asses because of the show. <laughs> they just don't want to talk to us. But now I am. Yeah.
1: You know what? You're probably right, and that's yeah. and that's the scary thing. That's the terrifying thing. Um, yeah. It's good that uh, the show's instilling some mystery again, uh, because I think that's been needed.
0: Doctor Who, the Target World podcast said, Brilliant start to finish, great to have Jack back. Um, It was good start to finish, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it was. I uh, I think it was pretty much a perfect episode, really. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally agree with that. Yeah, it was brilliant from start to finish. And it's weird to say this, but Jack
0: wasn't the highlight of this episode. I think having just Jack would have been enough to talk about.
1: Yes, I agree with that. But it's
0: transcended that, hasn't oh, it? Oh yeah, without
1: uh, without a doubt. Um, uh, and I, I'm pleased it did because even though it was, uh, especially with that last point, yes, I agree. It was it was nice to have Jack back, but at the same time, as I said before, the way that he was brought back in this episode, you know, he's kept very much away from the Doctor, and he's just there to effectively let. Us, the audience know that the cybermen are on the way and pose and pose a threat and they're after something uh, and then that's it he's gone um, mm. so he's really there as a it's it's very apparent he was there really for a plot device um, but what he was what but what he was informing was quite well written uh, and was you know exciting and gets us the audience wanting to tune in next week and so on so mm. so yeah uh, it was great to have Jack back but yeah I, I am pleased that the episode um, you know that's not really the, that's not just the real main talking point of the episode
0: I think um, if the show can give this level of um, storytelling going all the way to the end that would be good Um like, it doesn't... The quality of the storytelling doesn't have to kind of surpass this. If it's like if it's on par with this for the finale, I'll be kind of satisfied with that. But there's always a fear that we'll get another Orphan 5. Orphan 55.
1: <laughs> or the Battle of A4 Rank Connors, or whatever it was called. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, actually, I think this has been a very good um, series because we've got two episodes of Spyfall, which we both really enjoyed. Um, and we had... Uh, the night of uh, tesla's night of terror which was a very good episode we both enjoyed that we've got this episode which we both seem to have enjoyed so really it was a, of, of the five we've only got one episode which was disappointing which was all from 55 um,
0: and when you compare that with series 11 mm. um, on ratio there's a lot to be desired about this series yeah yeah very much
1: so because the, uh, as we said before there the were good episodes in the previous series but there were a lot of average dis- you know there was some disappointment with that one, and um, uh, there's much more to enjoy and, and engage with with this series. So um, it's va- uh, definitely a vast improvement, and I think you know, so far uh, there's been one disappointing episode, and the rest have been very strong. Uh, not just in comparison to Orphan 55, but in of themselves, they're very strong. I think it's a, it's a you know it's a good sign. It's a good indicator.
0: Richard Price has messaged us on Twitter. With regard to our question, which was your favourite monster villain you've played on Doctor Who? I do like the Russell T. Davis and modern Cybermen from the Doctor Falls. They were always fun.
1: Oh that's nice. It's uh, it's great that he replied. Um Oh, right, okay. And it's it's sort of interesting that he's gone way back to you know, the RTD era. And the
0: Doctor Falls Cybermen, which would they be? Are the classics. Oh yes, the Mondesian Cybermen, yes, of course, yes. yeah yeah. Yes yeah, so the Mondasian Cybermen. Mm-hmm. They look um, quite heavy to operate, but maybe a lot less than they were in the 60s. Yeah,
1: probably. Yeah, probably.
0: <laughs> well, we'd love it if you'd follow on social media so you you can um, keep up to date with all our latest podcasts and get in touch every week with your feedback. We're on facebook.com slash cloisterbell. We're on Twitter at podcastbell. And Liam, are we on Instagram? cloister
1: underscore bell? Bingo, spot on.
0: Yeah. Hey. <laughs> so, yes, give us a follow, a like. Uh, what's it called, an Instagram name?
1: Yeah, it's a like as well.
0: It's a like. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> sod your likes. We don't want those. We want comments. Because uh, we like it when you get in contact with us and um, uh, letting us know your thoughts. It's, uh, it's great. It gives us something to engage with. Um, so, yeah, uh, please don't hesitate to get in contact with us. Um so yes fidget of the Jadoon. uh an awful lot happening in this episode i think it was really rather good um have you got a score out of 10 rob um i'm going to have to go over 9 ah good score i've given it 10 because um really yeah i just think it's because okay. i've got no real i've got no complaints about it um it may go i mean afterwards after some time's passed, I may I may give it a nine because I think maybe it's a case of you know a, a lot of excitement with regard to what is revealed in this episode. But I like the the story as a whole. I like what it reveals. I like what it potentially means for the series at this point. And I think it was pretty much perfect from beginning to end. I've got I've got really nothing to complain about. Um, yeah. Um. So yeah. I've got to give it a ten out of ten. Really, at this point. <laughs> So, we're back to our
0: Who trivia and the
1: answers today.
0: (laughs) So, your question was, which actor in series one, 2005, was from Gloucester? Yep, that's right. I'm probably going to get this totally wrong, but I'm going to go with Simon Pegg.
1: Bingo! You got that spot on. (laughs) I did have some clues because I thought that was a tricky one. Um, I did ha- I was going to give you some clues of saying he's also appeared in Star Wars and Star Trek and began his career as a Oh my actor. god, uh, yeah. Might really <laughs> as well just tell way? me. Yeah, it's just yeah, exactly. But no, you got that, yeah. Simon Pegg, excellent. And your question was, what was the name of Martha's cousin? Is that right? <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> I've got no idea. Um, oh, I can't remember if her name begins with an A or an O. Yeah. Ooh, um, you close. Yeah, well,
0: her initials are A and O, but you'll not know our surname. I don't think it was even in the on the TV show.
1: All oh, right, okay. Um, I was gonna say Noden or something like that, but that, that's not a name. So no, unnamedly, <laughs> it's not a name. No, I haven't got a clue. What was the cousin's name? Adiola. Adi- oh, right, okay. <laughs> Adiola, okay. All right, okay.
0: You would have got bonus points if you'd said Adiola Oshido. I would have said Adiola Jones, but that would have been wrong, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah, it was yeah, okay. At least I wasn't a million miles off, but I was yeah. still quite. Yeah, yeah. I got okay. I got the first letter right. right. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I was also going to ask a further question. When when was it first mentioned that she was a cousin? Um,
1: mm, what? What's that episode with? Um, it might, right, it would either would have been at the end of Smith and Jones, I think, or. Um, what was that episode with, um, uh, my mind's gone completely blank. He was in the, he was in the League of Gentlemen and he, he's uh, he's written Sherlock and Mark Gatiss. Mark Gatiss. Yeah. What was that episode with Mark Gatiss? What was that uh, episode? Coming? Oh,
0: the episode that I've only ever seen once on broadcast and never watched again. It was, <laughs> <laughs> um, the Lazarus experiment. Yeah. Was it yeah. the Lazarus experiment? No. Um. Well, you were right. She did mention it on screen in Smith & Jones. But Smith & Jones, even though chronologically it was, it wasn't the first time we had a story with Martha. Before Series 3 came out, um, Maid of Steel came out by Terrence Dix. And it was the first story we, we had with Martha. And in that story... Martha tells the Doctor um, the whole story about her cousin, Adiola. And I remember reading that thinking, ah, oh, so it's a shame they didn't save this piece of dialogue for the, for the TV series. And then Smith and Jones comes along, and the exact same piece of dialogue is said. I'm <laughs> like, oh, great, so you're saying Terrence Sticks Book is not canon now. <laughs>
1: All right, okay. Um... So it was Smith & Jones, if you're going off the television series, but really, chronologically, it was the book made in steel by Terence Sticks?
0: No, chronologically, it was Smith & Jones, but release order would have been made of steel.
1: Ah, oh, right, okay. I was going to say... <laughs> that, I thought maybe you said that there was some cock-up in the release in... Su- anyway, whatever, right, okay. Yeah, was <laughs> Smith & Jones.
0: What am I even talking about? This is why the general public hate us. <laughs> Did you like Doctor Who last night? I <laughs> spouting off about... Books from 2006.
1: Yeah, I remember because, yeah, I can't get it. Because uh, in a previous job, uh, I used to know someone who uh, was massively into Star Wars. You know, and I sort of enjoy the movies. I'm not like a massive fan. Um, but he is, and he's read all the books and so on. And, um, you know, we would sometimes talk about Star Wars. But because he was a massive fan and we'd get very enthused about it, and he'd be talking about the books, and it was fine. But there came a point in the conversation where, you know, i will be polite and just go, whatever. But, but I wouldn't say whatever, because that's not polite. But, you know, I'd just be, I'd politely follow the conversation. But it would come a point where I was just like, right, I'm, I really want this conversation to end now. I'm not getting anything out of it. It's just, this has become <laughs> tedious. I couldn't give a toss about the fact that um, what's happening in the movies now contradicts some random point in the novels to do with the... That whatever the crystals are in the lightsabers, I really don't care anymore. Please end this conversation. But yeah, so yeah, yeah you're right. That's why, that's why they're just <laughs> public actors. They've done
0: something quite simple with the expanded Star Wars universe. Um, since the movies came back, I'm probably sounding like your mate. Now, I just need to stop talking. probably <laughs> don't want to know. No, no, go on. But but with the books, um, they've all kind of rebranded most of the books that came before as something called Star Wars Legacies, which means non-canon. Or potentially canon if you interpret it a certain way. And moving moving forward from that, everything is now the Star Wars canon. So
1: yeah, right, great. <laughs> Fascinating.
0: <laughs> so I think that's it for today
1: yep um, looking for, what's the next uh, what's the next episode called Paraxis
0: P- per- Paraxis P- per- Parallaxis. I don't know <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out next week when we watch the episode let's find out together yes <laughs> yeah until then thank you goodbye bye everyone